The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello and welcome to the MLB Sunday Waiver Wire Show. My name is Chris Crawford. I am joined today by my good buddy Drew Silva. Drew, how are we doing today? Good, hanging in there, man. I know we're both Notre Dame's fa- Notre Dame fans in that game. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, we talked about it before. It didn't go as poorly as as I thought it would. <laughs> That's. The, I mean, we have kind of been. We have seen this team get mollywopped by teams against better teams. So yeah. honestly, an eleven point loss that was really. Closer than that score suggests um, is something that we'll take. At some point, we've got to win a big game at some point, you know, not counting that Clemson game where the backup quarterback was playing instead of Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry that Mm -hmm. this doesn't count for me. Uh, I just completed my fantasy draft right before we went on the air. Have you done your fantasy draft, Drew? No, I have one Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look at you. Fancy and playing. I think I'm in like 15 leagues at this point. It's weird. I'm in like four baseball leagues and 15 football leagues. I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, I mean, it it got to the point where I was in too many. And and then I just (laughs) I cut it down to just one with like that. I've been in since college with a bunch of friends. And then nice. There's like a bar across the street that runs one. And I won it last year. So I'm, I'm back in that one. But I, I I don't want it to become a job like like baseball is, you know. So <laughs> sure, I, yeah, I that's try to limit it. That's the thing. Like our, um, it's almost like football's our rest and relaxation league. You know what I mean? Compared to baseball, where it's you know something that we are supposed to be good at and paid to do. It's kind of nice not having that pressure of being like Rotopat, where it'd be like you finished seventh in your league. Why am I taking your advice? No, it's yeah. just funny how the differences work. Yeah, and when football starts, we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel for our baseball work, you know, where yeah, things that's right. get up. Like, I, I love playoff baseball because we don't have to do as much work, you know, yes. behind the scenes to keep the site going. And, and so you get to just sit back and actually enjoy some baseball. So love October, love the weather, honestly. Like, yes. I think actually on one of our shows this year, we, we did our seasons. We did rank our seasons. That's and right. We're, we're both fall guys, right? We are both fall guys, not the video game because they're not a sponsor, but we definitely are fall fans. Uh, we just watched a pretty good baseball game, Drew, between one team that is pretty good and one team that is the Pittsburgh Pirates, but the Pirates definitely gave it a show. Uh, 4-3 win. I don't want to talk about the winning team. I want to talk about O'Neill Cruz, who absolutely destroyed a baseball today. Yep. He's hitting 204, 256, 422. But it seems like there have been some just unbelievable flashes from O'Neill Cruz. How confident are you in him being fantasy relevant for this final month? 
Man, it's a tough question. You love the raw tools, but like, just look at his line today. One for four with a solo home run and two strikeouts. Like that's yeah. kind of what he's going to be. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of inconsistency here, but I, I do think eventually maybe it's next season. Maybe it's the season after that. It's all going to come together. Like he's just got incredible power. He just hits the ball harder than everybody. Um, yeah. And eventually that's going to gonna lead to some incredible counting stats totals. We've already seen some of that this year. He's got, what, 12 home runs after that one today. So I think he's, he's going to put it all together at some point. Um, it's a tough question with, you know, four weeks remaining. Sure. I, I feel like maybe you can probably do better at shortstop. It, it, it depends on how big your league and, and all the, the normal qualifications that go into a question like that. But I love the raw, the raw tools and a very exciting player for the, for the pirates to have. And if I was in a dynasty league, yeah, I would hold on to him um, <laughs> like a treasure. Yeah, absolutely. I think the long-term future is here's what I would say about Cruz for the rest of the year. I don't think I would have him in my lineup. I want him on my bench for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, he, there is a chance that he goes on just an incredible hot streak because of how good he is at making hard contact. And hard contact is like the understatement of understatements with this guy. There is a chance that he just goes on this incredible run. And the main reason why I want him on my bench is I don't want him on somebody else's roster. Exactly. Yeah. I would much rather have him labor away on my bench if if worse comes to worse then he's just a bench option it's so late in the season you're not really stashing too much anymore i just really don't want him to be a part of somebody else is that an okay strategy i think drew like to be like it sounds petty but at the same time you do not want this guy helping somebody else right no i mean we were talking about fantasy football it's like if you've got two top tight ends you don't want to yeah. trade one you want to yeah. you want to keep that one yeah um, or like yeah some other position that is that is shallow like that sure like a catcher i don't know sometimes yeah. it's, it's not a bad strategy to just have two awesome catchers and, and not allow the rest of your league to have them um i don't know if that's a winning strategy but it feels right <laughs> it feels right to me too and that's all that matters to me uh but, thank you yeah. go ahead i was just gonna say jordan romano um the, the Pirates get two batters on with no outs, second and third, and, and he yeah. comes out and, and strikes out the next three for his 30th save of the season. He's been a, a tremendous – I think he was about like the, the 10th reliever off the board in the average draft this spring, and Somewhere he's delivered you know, top three value. Absolutely. He's been great. And it is worth pointing out, too, that he did give up those two hits, both on the ground. One was a really nice piece of hitting on an opposite field hit yep. through the shift. And one was one that Romano probably could have made the play on, but certainly settled down quite nicely. An ERA of 2.06. He's got to be the closer for the Blue Jays going into next year, right? Yeah, I, I would think so. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to get in that kind of jam and be able to pitch out of it with the stuff that he has. Sure. Um, he's going to be an important piece of however far they make it. In the playoffs, what are the updated wildcard standings? I think they're in that third spot, like a, a game and a half back of the top spot. It's very bunched up there. It's very bunched up. It's basically right now Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Toronto are in a pretty close to a virtual lock for that. What's going to be interesting down the stretch here, Drew, about that wildcard spot, it might be beneficial to be the sixth seed instead of the fifth seed because the sixth seed is going to play the AL Central while yeah. the fifth seed is going to play that other wildcard team, I don't think it's crazy to say that I'd rather play Cleveland or Minnesota, almost assuredly it looks like now Cleveland, than to play either Seattle or Tampa Bay. If you're a team, that's something that I think you got to kind of keep in consideration a little bit, don't you? 
Yeah, I mean, really, you just got to keep trying to win games, and it, it's we'll see. Maybe in the in the final weekend, there's some interesting stuff that happens as, as yeah. teams try to seed themselves. Yeah, hey, the, the AL East is not spoken for just yet. I mean, oh my goodness gracious, we'll see how the Yankees finish out. What are they leading Tampa Bay one nothing right now? But one if, nothing right if now. The Rays pull that off. They're only what three games back of the Yankees all of a sudden, that and is... Tor- Toronto, you know, would move up too. I think they're five and a half back right now with their with their win locked in this afternoon. So, uh, man, I, I, I like to joke that Yankees fans overreact and, you know, you'd think sure. this was a last place team, but that this is a real collapse. And I'm, I, yeah, I, I'd be worried. I'd be worried. There's a lot of time left and, and they yes. could lose their grip on that. that and unfo- title. Normally it's a good thing that there's a lot of time left, but in this case, it's actually a terrible thing for the Yankees. There's a lot of time left. I talked about this with George on the last time we were podcast. The Yankees haven't been playing bad for a good team. The Yankees have been bad. They have been yep. a bad baseball team as of late. There's some real holes in that lineup, and the starting pitching hasn't been as good as it was. And, you know, the bullpen, especially like, you know, it was a dominant thing. It was. It's not been so dominant as of late. It's not a great baseball team. And it's interesting now that they're probably – I mean, they were the lock of locks to be that one seed. At best, they're going to be that two seed, and it would be the team I'd much rather play instead of Houston in the playoffs. It's just funny how things can change ever so quickly. And I think, yeah, I mean, Isaiah kind of Falefa has kind of been the, the target of a lot of angst right now, like Aaron Got Hicks was one. for a time. But <laughs> yeah. that middle infield is is just not producing. And no. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's time to give Oswald Peraza like every day at bats. DJ and I were talking about that on Thursday. It hasn't really sure. happened yet, but why not? Like I, you know more about prospects than I do, but it seems like he's he's proven that he should he should have something close to an everyday role given the situation there in the Bronx. I would certainly be giving it a shot anyway. Like you got to see what you can get from this guy, and I'm a big fan of him long term. Uh, my concerns with short term were always playing time, but I think that there is a chance now to justify playing him. Mm-hmm. By the way. Either Oswald Peraza or Oswaldo Cabrera got to change names, man, because it is going to confuse the ever-loving you-know-what out of me. I, I got some blowback for suggesting this. I'm not crazy, right? That's Those are names that are going to drive us nuts. Yeah. I, I There's always like some players like that where, you know, if, if we're working fast on a news shift. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I have to I have to do a lot of self-editing. Marlins <laughs> and Mariners, for some reason, I always like – mistakenly interchanged too. I don't know why, but everybody there's like a lot of people that actually have that with the Marlins and and Mariners. And I don't know why it is Marliners. I type it every single time with the Marlins and it's because (laughs) I've typed Mariners for my entire life. And I've only had to type Marlins since I took a job with this place. Speaking of call-ups, there was an interesting one today, Tristan Casas. Now Casas is pretty easily the best prospect in the Boston mm-hmm. system, not named Marcelo Meyer. And there are some people who actually like Casas more was on a red hot streak in AAA Worcester. I mean, Worcester. Worcester. Uh, the, the concern for me, I guess from a fantasy perspective is just limited to first base and has gone through some ups and downs. So I'll just ask you, Drew, if you need help at the corner infield spot, not the first base spot, the corner infield spot, are you adding Cassis? I don't know. I, is is like the raw power there? I I like him a lot long term, but I sure. And he, he's going to play every day. Like Alex Cora came out and said that he's up to play every single day. Um, right. 
it, I think he's more of a wait and see type for me right now, if, if that's fair. Like, yeah, what are you, 12 home runs in 76 games this year. And, and I know that he had turned it on lately, like you mentioned, but right. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm buying into him right away as like a fantasy relevant first baseman, because there's, a, there's a lot of options there, first base DH types. And I think you could probably do better, but I'm excited to see what he can do down the stretch with, with that everyday playing time. I am too. And I will say that the raw power is certainly there. The in-game power still has some work. And I think he's going to have to become more assertive at the plate because he's a really patient hitter. Yeah. If I'm playing in an on-base percentage league, it's always risky with rookies with this type of thing because you don't know how the approach is necessarily going to transfer over. I'm more interested in him because I think he is going to be a guy who draws a good amount of walks. In a normal league, it's tough. The corner infield position is still a pretty good one, even though third base is bad because first base is actually pretty darn good right now. Mm-hmm. Definitely a guy I'm monitoring though. This is a really tough one. I ranked him, I believe fourth on my final list of top 10 prospects. And it was because I thought there was a path to playing time, even before Eric Hosmer's back injury. It just didn't make sense for Boston who is still technically in the playoff hunt, but not really um, to not give him a chance over these final stretches. Drew, I want to play a game with you. All right. And, I, and I, what I what I normally do is don't tell Drew about these games because it's much more interesting when I'm getting the live version of Drew, so we're going to do that. I'm going to talk about some recent call-ups, and I'm going to set the over-under at 120. And what 120 is is their draft position next year. Baby. Okay? And we're going to talk about some call-ups. So let's start with the big one. Number one, the number one prospect in baseball who is up right now, Corbin Carroll. He will be under 120th overall with that that power speed skill set, um, and I, I would I would assume an opening day roster spot going into next season. And I, I like what the Diamondbacks are doing in, in general. Like that's a, a pretty exciting young <laughs> team, and I, I hope they don't trade like Zach Gallen this winter. So I, I think they're ready to to take the next step and. Um, I actually liked them a little bit coming into the year. And, and right now, what do they have a better record than the Giants? Or it's become pretty close here down the stretch. They're a half game back. So, yeah, yeah. They, they're they're basically even with them. Some of that has to do with San Francisco falling apart. Uh, I, I had I, a. I, yeah, I think Carroll will be top 100. Is that crazy? I, I made a hot take, McGee, with um, Colin on our last show. And Hot Take McGee is a character that I debuted. Hmm. Um, he's not very good, but he does have hot takes. I would draft Corbin Carroll ahead of where Bobby Witt was going next year. And the reason why that's a hot take a little bit is because of shortstop versus outfield. Mm-hmm. But I just believe in this guy's skill set so much. I can see him being a five-category player next year. My concern with Bobby Witt was average. And we've seen you know it fluctuate this year. He makes a lot of hard contact, but he also has some work to do with his approach. Corbin Carroll has very little work to do with his approach. I think Corbin Carroll should easily be the first rookie off the board next year. And I want him, I'm making sure I have him on my roster. So I don't mind using a top 70 pick on him. And that's right around where Witt Jr. went. It might be a little aggressive. It might be just me loving prospects a little too much. But I just think this guy's skill set is so good. And he has such a golden opportunity with Arizona that I'm making sure that I have him on my roster. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's taken all the the steps forward that you want from a development standpoint since being drafted in 2019. It's, it's all clicking. I, I think he's a, a superstar in, in the making and man, Bobby Witt deserves a little more credit. I think he does. 
I mean, he's he's delivered. He's got a 2020 season as a rookie. You would have taken yeah. that, like before the year. I, I know that the rate stats are a little concerning. Um, he needs to get on base more, but sure. I think it's 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 been a great rookie season for him. And and yeah, he uh, he went a little high for my liking in drafts this spring. I, I don't think I have any shares. Of, I, I haven't been one league. Um, nice. But yeah, I mean, you have to be pretty happy with that with with 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases. He's killed your average a bit, probably. But um, I think Bobby Witt has, has been great and it's going to continue to be great. I think I would agree with you, though. I would take Carroll over Witt next year. Yeah, um, we can re- we can re- review this when we get to next spring. But <laughs> yeah, it's, that seems like the answer right now. <sighs> next spring seems so far away and yet so close as well. Drew. Um, <laughs> how about Gunnar Henderson? Uh, he will be over 120, 120th overall. Okay. How about 150th? I, I, I'm going to go 140 in, in the 140 range. Okay. So right in between. Yeah. I think yeah. that's fair. I really kind, like that. Kind of, yeah. Kind of a similar skill set to Carol, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And the difference of course is, you know, that there's the fact that he probably will have shortstop eligibility next year, if not third base and third base is, like we've talked about a whole bunch, not the greatest position right now. So mm-hmm. either one, I want him on my roster. I guess the concern with me is that I could see Henderson opening the year in AAA where I don't think Carroll is going to open it. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. And it, yeah. you know, it could just be like an, sort of an age and readiness thing. I know that Carroll's like just a couple months older than, than Henderson. Um but I, I agree with you. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if if Henderson opens the year at? I wonder though, man. He's been playing like all around the infield so far. If he mm-hmm. comes into the spring with third base, shortstop, and second base eligibility, like you know, if he, all he has to do is appear in five games there, at least for Yahoo standards, uh, that that would you know that would make him a really attractive pick on on draft day. I think he'd be pretty excited about that. But yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go with Carroll over Henderson as well. So this guy hasn't been called up, but let's say that Gabriel Moreno has the starting catching job in Toronto next year, and we'll go 150 again, over or under. Man, catcher so hard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go over, but I would I would love to make him my my like catcher around pick 175 or something sure. if he lasts that long. Maybe he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, there's an we've I've talked to DJ a ton about it, and we had Sarah Langs on talking about it. The, the catcher position has started to get a real influx of young talent. Oh my and, goodness gracious! And there's yes. more on the way. Francisco Alvarez, um, who's like one of the top prospects in baseball right now, has he risen to the top now that the that other prospects have graduated? He is number one on my list now because of the fact that with my list. I do it real time. So if you're in the major leagues, you're not considered a prospect mm-hmm. to me. So right. Francisco Alvarez is the number one prospect for me. I will say this. When we do our magazine, I think the number one prospect for me, I need to talk to a few more people about this guy. I think Jackson Churio is going to be my number one prospect. I am just like the video that I watch of this dude and the few people that I have talked to him about this guy suggest that this is an Acuna-esque talent. And I don't say that lightly. Like there are plus plus tools everywhere. And he's not quite like the superstar defender that some of these guys are. Um, I think it's going to be a three-man battle because Corbin Carroll won't have prospect eligibility when we're done. 
Um, mm-hmm. Gunnar Henderson won't have prospect eligibility when we're done. Assuming there's the, God forbid, knocking on all the fake wood in the house. Um, there's not an injury or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that might be him. And that's an amazing run for a guy who was basically not talked about whatsoever. I can't remember that ever happening from going to being at the very least, one of the top five prospects in baseball from being a guy who was interesting, you know, signed a fairly large bonus. Yeah. I, I can't remember anyone having this meteoric of a rise. He is 18 years old, so we should yeah. pump the brakes a bit. But yes, he's not going to help you next year. I'll tell you. Right, yeah. Right do, do you think he probably won't be up next year, will he? Um, the fact I mean, that he's in a high kind of, A yeah. right now gives him a shot. Like, yeah. if they – if if was if Milwaukee is aggressive and gives him a double A assignment to begin the year, then he's got a shot because anybody who's starting in high A, there are exceptions to this. There are guys who have come up from you know low A even that have made major league debuts in the same year. But overwhelmingly, you got to start at double A to get that major league chance. And if he does, like he's someone you have to rush to add because he can contribute in every single category one concern is the fact that 103 strikeouts to 28 walks it's not great in in 88 games but i mean to say the ball jumps off his bat and everything it's yeah no go ahead just gonna say situationally like you think the brewers need offense like yeah they're they kind of have a window here where they're not going to be able to lock up burns woodruff and freddie peralta you know like i i i think one of those Guys, maybe two of them are going to get away. It's the smallest market in the majors. Um, I think they probably do fine financially, but they can't run a you know a two hundred million dollar payroll. And no, they have Christian Yelich on the books, so maybe they have to get a little bit aggressive with Churio. And if, if he keeps moving up these levels and keeps proving that he is good enough to handle it, maybe we do see him at age nineteen, which would be nuts, or you know, age age twenty. Yeah, um, he wouldn't be like the first dude to to get a shot that young it's it's usually no. like the guys that come in as you know top prospects right away but exactly but, you know I, I i root for kind of the late bloomers to call them a late bloomer at 18 but guys that <laughs> yeah. kind of come out of nowhere you know sure yeah it's just been such a meteoric rise and everybody i talk to just raves about this kid i'll say I sold a few first Bowmans of him that I regret because I have a funny feeling that card could be worth an awful lot of money someday. Uh, our buddy Chad. More? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. There, there are there are some Cheerios that are hidden away so that uh, something. Do you have a, a Jordan Walker that you, you want to send me? I, I have a Jordan Walker. I will not be sending it to you, but uh, <laughs> maybe, we we can, maybe we can talk after the podcast okay. and uh, you can trade me some uh, St. Louis blue stuff for a uh, Jordan Walker card. Uh, our buddy Chad has a good question. So I'm limping into the playoffs on the back of TJ Friedel, who has been red hot. And I plan to have a quick trigger finger if he cools, but I'm just curious if there's any risk to his playing time for the next two weeks. Drew? Um, I mean, it's TJ, TJ Friedel. I, I know that he's had, well, he had another t- two homer game this afternoon, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I know I'm not really buying in. I think he's going to probably play at least against righties and, you know, more pitchers in baseball, right-handed than, le- than left-handed. Um, and he's been getting looks at, at the leadoff spot. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just agree with what Chad said there. Have a quick trigger finger and if, and if it starts to go south you can find someone else to fill that spot um I, spencer steer is interesting to me to keep he this, is this conversation on the reds and, and he's another guy that's gonna play every day 
Um, like the the Reds have come out and said that, and I I like what he did in the minors this year and in that ballpark. It, is he a guy that was like on your fantasy yep. like your your prospect radar big time? He was now not big not time, big but he was time, yeah. certainly on my radar, and he was. You know, I thought the Twins did really well during the deadline. He's the only prospect that they gave up that I was kind of like, "Huh, that's that's kind of an interesting uh, little maneuver." I, I believe I believe in the power. I think he can be. I certainly think it adds to, and we do this with a few teams, but in Cincinnati, there there's no doubt about it that there is more offensive upside playing in that park than say you know, Yellowstone or somewhere like that. There is definitely something to be said about that. As for his question about uh, risk of playing time, that would be the only guy that I would be a little bit worried about because if I'm Cincinnati, I really want to get a look at Steer. As mm-hmm. good as Friedel has been, one is much more likely to be a long-term part of their plans compared to the other. But at the same time, I, I, I still think that Friedel's going to be in the lineup more often than not. I would just be like the trigger finger has got to be like on – the cut button. Like you've yeah. got to be ready to make that move because this could all come crashing down. He was a guy I liked in college quite a bit. And he was in really interesting story because uh, there was some debate about whether or not he was actually draft eligible. And so he ended up signing with the reds as a minor league free agent. Some teams claim they knew some don't. I can't imagine that a talent like his would go undrafted if everybody knew that he was eligible, but that's, was, it, it was, what was the reason? The, uh, the reasoning was because of, I think, age, and I think that the teams didn't know he was actually a draft-eligible sophomore. Uh, I could be off on that. This was like oh, okay. six years ago. But, yeah, he was you. a guy who ended up signing as a minor league free agent after putting up really good college numbers. Um, Chad also asked, and then do you think – might as well show the question. And then do you guys think Wheeler gets back before championship week? Uh, Hashtag not a doctor. Yeah. I'm very skeptical. I would be skeptical of that too. Um, yeah. This has not trended in, in a very positive direction since he went on the IL and man, they need him, but they also can't afford to rush the process with this dude. So no, nope. I, I probably wouldn't count on much the rest of the way from him, which is, is sad. Maybe he, he gets healthy right before October, which the Phillies would take. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm not feeling like he's going to be a contributor to fantasy championship pursuits down the stretch. Yeah. I, you've just got to be really careful and you want to have this guy. It looks like the Phillies are going to go to the playoffs. A really good baseball team in the national league is going to miss the playoffs this year. Um, Maybe the Brewers. It, it looks like to me, it is going to be the Brewers. Like this is going to be, I can't help but think that, Milwaukee's going to get in. It's just the, the, this is clearly with the gut, not the head that either the Padres or the Phillies are going to collapse. I can't help but think it like one of those two teams is going to collapse. And then Milwaukee's going to get in somehow. There's no scientific evidence of it other than the fact it just seems like something that could happen. I would be nervous if I were the Phillies. <laughs> I, I yeah. think that that has the most collapsed script. Well, to it. history kind of tells the story. Yeah, I know. A little bit too. Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't know if I'm if I'm checking my biases at the door, just like recency bias of just having seen it since what they haven't made the playoffs since 2011. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, that's I'm honestly the Mariners. I think their playoff odds are like 97% now. And mostly it's because the AL East has to play each other a whole bunch. So the Mariners are just going to be like, hello, this fallout. And also the Mariners do not play a team with a winning record after September 15th. 
which wow. is, yeah, it's, it's very, a, a lot of Detroit, a lot of Kansas city, a lot of Oakland. What a great time to be playing those teams. Uh, a bunch of people are talking about Arsenal getting robbed today, Drew. Did you watch uh, any of the soccer this morning? I actually did have it on for a little bit, but um, I, I guess I, I need to change my background because I have to state once again that I, I'm not. I actually <laughs> not despise Arsenal because I hate Stan Kroenke and he he moved my yes. Rams out of St. Louis. So yeah, at some point I might change my background, but it's it's my rebellion against people that have like planned backgrounds. That's all that is. And, and my I little see. brother <laughs> lived by the stadium. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, he lived over in England for a, a year, right between high school and college, which was such a good idea. I think we, so, we should all – the gap year should be more of a thing than it is in the U.S. Um, you bet your sweet bippy that should be. I think it's a really important thing. I wish I would have done it. So my okay. uh, my family was uh, – on my dad's side was all born in England. I was the mm. first American born on my side. Wow. But they're from uh, Swindon, so I get to follow uh, – Swindon Town FC, uh, not going so well <laughs> in these last few years. Um, but I'm also a Chelsea fan because I like to root for teams that uh, everybody hates, like Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I have very few friends being a fan of Duke basketball, Notre Dame football, and Chelsea soccer. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody assumes I would like the Yankees. But I have a my. Chelsea flag right over there. I have a nice. There's a Bayern scarf right up there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the typical like American soccer poser. I don't have a team. I've tried to get into teams. I, I've been liking watching Leeds this year because they have a bunch of Americans. I, I generally nice. just I root for Americans, and I want the U.S. men's national team to be. That's like one of my favorite teams, the, the USA and women, women's and men's team. I love watching them, especially the women because they're good. Oh, gosh, they're so good. <laughs> speaking speaking of that, we won't ever get a chance to talk about this on the podcast before it, I don't think. Do you give the U.S. any chance of like doing any damage in the World Cup? I feel like they should get out of their group at least. It was, yes. It's us, England, Wales, and Iran. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, feel like it would be a major disappointment if they don't at least – get to the round of 32. And I think they're good enough to get to the quarterfinal. Now, a lot of that is going to have to depend on um, matchups. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, they're going to maybe need to win the group and get a lucky matchup. I forget who it is that's out of that next group, but it's time to get into a quarterfinal or not a quarterfinal, excuse me, a top 16, a quarterfinal is pretty tough. Like top eight's a lot to ask, but (laughs) that U S England game on the Friday after Thanksgiving, Yes. I'm already oh hydrating. Gosh. I'm in preparation for it. <laughs> yeah. But I went to the Cardinals game on Friday night with a buddy who played big time college soccer. He he started at Vanderbilt and then they dropped their program and he finished at Georgetown. But you know, he he knows his stuff and he doesn't think we're gonna get out of the group. So I don't know if he's pessimistic or but he knows more about soccer than I do and, and he's not optimistic. He he thinks we're another like four maybe the next World Cup. And I've been hearing that my entire life, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I are trust they coming his to, word. Are they coming to St. Louis, by the way? Is there? Nah, uh, I no? wish. I think there's a Kansas City game. I believe oh. that that might not be correct, but uh, uh, I Chicago. think you're right. No, they're going to Kansas City for sure. Yeah. Um, and Chicago, they're definitely coming to Seattle. Um, I will be planning a vacation to get out of around this area because the traffic is just going to be yeah. absolutely <laughs> insane. And I have a funny feeling that the U.S. might play a game there just because. Seattle soccer scene is incredible. Yeah. You should really come up for a Sounders game at some point. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. St. Louis is getting their MLS team that starts next spring. Um, there so we go. 
I, I would love it. it. That'd be a great reason to, to take a road trip up there. I've never been to the Pacific Northwest at all. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so sure. beautiful, man. Um, Chad asks a real quick question, and then we'll get into two start options. Are you guys buying on Cody Morris after 40% of the Guardians rotation went on IL in a span of five minutes? Boy, that was crazy. Like, just a real quick change of that. I'll say that I'm intrigued by Cody Morris. It's going to be matchup dependent. Like, he has really good swing and miss stuff. I thought he pitched better than uh, the line suggested against Seattle. You know, didn't mm. exactly. I th- also thought Xavier Curry actually pitched much better than the line suggested in his start. Just the command just completely fell apart on him late in that game. But if Cody Morris is facing an AL Central team, I think that's a really interesting buy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know a ton about him until I was writing up September call-ups. What sure. was that on Thursday? Yeah. Um, and I know that he was injured for most of the year, but the numbers he put up once he re- returned to action there at Columbus was pretty eye-popping. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I worry about, well, I don't know. With workload, he should he should be good to go because he hasn't really pitched much this summer. Like, I think he only had, what, 20 innings between, you know, the uh, Arizona Complex League and, and AAA Columbus, so he he should be ready to rock. I guess I, when they brought him up, I assumed it was to be to fill a bullpen role, and maybe right. they thought that too. Yeah, uh, but then they had to rush him there into the rotation with what did Zach Plesac do? He punched like, the uh, punched, punched the, the mound uh, or something. Punched the mound, and it like it was like a week ago, and all of a sudden he was going on the IL for it. It was it was almost yeah. like they were hiding that thing. He probably didn't want to admit it because didn't yeah. he he strained something last year like taking off his shirt too aggressively? Taking off his shirt yeah, too aggressively. Zach hmm. Plesak, um needs to get some stuff together because he's had some terrible opinions on some stuff and then he has also injured himself in two really, really foolish ways. My concern with – you brought up workload. My concern with Morris is not um, the managing the innings. It's just the fact that because of where the guardians are in the year, I think he's going to have a really short leash. Like I could see a lot of three inning type of starts because Mm -hmm. they only want him facing a lineup uh, the first time through. Speaking of that real quick, before we get into two start stuff, Max Fried. So the last time I checked, he had thrown a five inning, no hitter before the rain delay. before the rain delay. And there's a decent chance that that game is not going to get started. Is it a no hitter? No. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a great performance, and I'm going yeah. to leave it at that. Like, Bumgarner sure. didn't get one for his seven-inning doubleheader. Was that last year, two years ago, last year? I, I think it was last year. Yeah. So, no, that's not a no-hitter. It's only five innings. Okay. So, I agree with you, but I would say that the seven-inning no-hitter should have absolutely counted as a no-hitter. It is not Madison Bumgarner's fault that this was a seven-inning game. So, and it was fully scheduled. It, uh, to me, that absolutely should have been a no hitter. What I consider a no hitter, and this is so subjective, is when you, you don't allow go, any hits. When you don't allow any hits. That's, God, you're so good at this. Um, what I consider is you've got to go through the lineup twice. If you go through the lineup twice, you get your no hitter. Free did not go through the lineup twice. I don't think it can count as a no hitter. Let me ask you this then. I was talking about my little brother. He threw a perfect game in high school against a team that they mercy ruled. I think they won 15 to nothing. He threw five perfect innings. Is that a perfect game? Yes, because it's not – it's – it's. I don't know why it's different than a rain delay, but it just is. Like, it's not his fault. He did his job. Was, he yeah. did the job, man. It yeah. is just – I don't know why that's different. That's pretty cool, though. Five perfect innings is uh, – 
pretty nice. Um, I was against a very bad team. I was there, but <laughs> I hope your brother's not watching this that you took I'm away. I'm sure he doesn't watch. No, he, he knows. We've we've talked about it. It's cool. It's cool yeah. that he did that. Did Evan play baseball in high school? Uh, let me see. I uh, know he was the manager, like kept the book, you know, not, not the manager manager, but like, yeah, kept the stat book up for some reason that was called the manager and which I did oh. that too. Once I didn't make varsity, the, the coaches were very nice about it. They're like, yeah, you're, you're not on the team, but we'd actually like to have you around. So you, wanna, you, yeah. you guys went though to a high school where making the team is like difficult. You know what I mean? Not, uh, like, yeah. Not baseball. Not as much baseball? No, basketball and soccer were, they're a powerhouse in those two. Gotcha. Um, But now, I mean, they've like won a few state titles, but it's not like a a big time baseball powerhouse. A few state titles, just a few state titles. There are high schools that never even make the playoffs, Drew. It is is absolutely (laughs) an accomplishment. uh, They've produced one MLB player, Austin Allen, actually, who's on the Cardinals now. Yeah. and they've had a couple other kids drafted that never made it to the majors. There was a kid in my class, Drew Wordak, who pitched at Purdue, and I think the Rays drafted him in like the 30th round or something, and I don't think he got out of A ball, but he threw hard. I, I had to face him a few times I could practice. Nice. I, I couldn't hit 93. That's why I didn't make varsity. When's Austin Allen coming on the podcast? Actually, that's a good idea. I'm sure I could. Yeah. I, I've tried to get Jason Tatum, and he, he didn't look at my DM. He does follow me, though. <laughs> Ah, that's pretty great. And he's in town. He threw out the first pitch at the Cardinals game that has now been delayed for three hours. But, yeah, I was trying to get Tatum. Didn't really happen. Did you hear about uh, Tatum and LeBron playing in that Seattle uh, event uh, a yep. few weeks ago? What was that thing? <sighs> so Jamal, cool, Jamal Crawford hosts this thing. It's called the Crossover, um, what you know, spelled C-R-A-W, um, where he brings up a bunch of NBA players and former players and celebrities – and they play in just like pickup they don't play in kind of. big gyms. They play yeah. like in pickup game stuff. So he got LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Chet Holmgren. We won't talk about what happened with Chet Holmgren, mm. unfortunately, at that thing. What a horrible uh, time! Of course, it, you can't blame the gym. It was just LeBron James being so much stronger than every human being in the entire world. That and Chet Holmgren weighs. He makes Tristan McKenzie look like me. I mean, there is just like not a lot know. of bulk it, on it that. It kind guy. of f- felt like the risk was there that something yes. like this might happen. Um, yeah, I, I but almost, it's cool. I it, tried it's to cool forget. that he does that stuff. Yeah. yeah, I tried to forget that Tatum was at that Ohio State Notre Dame game wearing a. Oh State no! Last night. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, <sighs> Man, I don't even like thinking about the game. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. 
Let's finish the show with some two-start options, Drew. Give me some guys that this is big time now. We're we're talking Mm -hmm. about playoffs. We're talking about uh, if it's not playoffs, we're talking about getting into the playoffs. Who are some guys that you really want on your roster that are two-start options? Um, I mean, there's the obvious ones. Garrett Cole, Framber Valdez, Kevin Gosman, Lance Lynn, Logan Webb, Zach Wheeler, not Zach Wheeler, Brandon Woodruff. Sure. Um, those are obvious ones. And then like Taiwan Walker at the Pirates, at, at the Marlins. He's definitely Ooh. someone you plug in. Tristan McKenzie at the Royals, at the, the Twins. For sure. Um, Jack Flaherty is an interesting one. He's going to pitch against the Nationals on Monday. Definitely start him for that one. And then gets at Pittsburgh. The Cardinals still oh. have nine games left against Pittsburgh, which is wonderful. <laughs> I'm interested to see. I don't I don't know what to expect with Flaherty. He looked really good in his final two rehab starts, and the velocity came back. Like He hit 99 with his fastball, which I don't think wow. he's done in the majors. I can't um, remember in any way. So maybe this period of rest like really actually helped that shoulder heal, and, and he's going to be a force down the stretch. I, I'm a pessimistic Cardinals fan, so I don't want to get my hopes up. We've been burned by <laughs> Flaherty before. But, um, yeah, with those two outings, again, it's at, it's Nationals and then at Pirates, you definitely start him. Jose Quintana gets the Nationals and Pirates. Uh, Johnny Cueto Mar- at Mariners at Athletics. Um, then there's like some questionable guys. Jesus Lazardo has had really good highs this year and then kind of a lot of lows. He has the at the Phillies and then the Mets. Um, Justin Steele, who's been tremendous in the second half, Reds Giants. I think you definitely want to play him. Uh, Freddie Peralta at Coors Field, but then he gets the Reds at home. I think you definitely play him. Uh, Joe Ryan at the Yankees and then the Guardians. Michael Walker has at Rays at Orioles. Uh, Jamison Tyone has Twins Rays, Martin Perez, Astros, Blue Jays. That, these are kind of – this is an into iffy territory. Yeah, that's a tough one for Perez for sure. There's a lot of dudes to avoid after that. Jordan Lyles, who's, you know, pitched well at times this year, but he's got Blue Jays, Red Sox. Nope. Uh, Luis Patino has the Red Sox, Yankees. Justin nope. Dunn. I, I kind of like Justin Dunn, but I, I don't I know. I do too. Yeah, and it's it's at Cubs, at Brewers. Maybe you get something out of that if you're really desperate. Uh, Cole Irvin, I guess, he gets Braves White Sox, which is not very fruitful uh, laid out like that. But he, he's he's been pretty good in the second half. I he think has. his last start, I, I I had some action on his last start, and it did not go well. Um, but he, he's he's had a good second half overall and pitches really deep into games, which um, is a valuable thing in fantasy. Even if he doesn't have the best swing and miss stuff, he'll, he could get you a win or just some strikeouts by the number of batters that he's facing. Uh, Real that, quick. That, that kind of does it, though. How about um, – I don't think he's a two-start option this week, but what do you think about Ken Waldachuk, um, a guy who I was a big fan of and was the big part of that trade? Is he someone that you can think about as a streamer, Drew? I, I kind of think he is. Yeah. I mean, dude, the incredible strikeout rate uh, yeah. between the, the Yankees and Athletics AAA teams this year. He's not a two-start guy. looks like his next outing is going to be Thursday against the White Sox. I, I'd start him. Yeah. Why not, man? I, I, there's probably going to be some some bad blowups with some some issues with command. We saw that in his debut, um, but yeah, he 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 misses bats, and and you want that whiff rate probably on your roster. How much wald would a wald chuck chuck if a wald chuck could chuck would? I just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, this was our I'm final Sunday. Thank you. you, sir. This was our final waiver wire show of the year, and I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who tuned into these things. They were a ton of fun to record. 
Drew's been my guest a bunch. Uh, he was the guest for every time that I wasn't able to do it. Thank you so much to him for taking time out of his very valuable Sundays. Drew has a big plan every Sunday. He usually goes to the farmer's market, picks out avocados. Um, it is, it avocados. is my shop. It is my shopping day. I bet avocados are expensive in Missouri. Like, cause eh, I don't know. I, I, ju- I just watched a documentary recently about the avocados industry. It's pretty bad. I, you can get one for a dollar a piece. Something oh, that's like not that. bad. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. Avocados. Pretty good. Thank you again, everybody who turned in to us. This was a lot of fun to do. Um, stay tuned on Wednesday for Colin and I will be doing our normal podcast and we'll still be doing two podcasts a week um, through at least the postseason, I believe. And then we'll uh, see where things go. But thank you again, everybody who tuned in. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. You can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. And you can follow Drew Silva at Drew Silva. Again, we know why that A is missing from the last time we did this show. Stay tuned for that show next week, and we will talk to you guys very soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.